This is a HeadGum Podcast. You or Jayla? Yeah. Welcome to Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Lindsay Weber. I'm Bobby Finger. And here's your Thursday edition of Who's There. Um, we're fresh back from our DC show last night. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. It was great. We slept on bunk beds. <laughs> I was going to bring it up. But Plus the fans were great and the show was wonderful, but we also slept on bunk beds. It was extremely worth sleeping on bunk beds. Um, I gotta say, the bunk beds were quite the adventure as well. Gotta gotta say, it was not a hostel as some people assumed. Uh, it was a venue. It was, I mean, it was right down the street from our venue, which is how we, we booked it. Paid money for that room, a good called, amount of money to sleep called, in bunk beds. It's called the Pod Hotel, which is a <laughs> chain of hotels that's very chic. <laughs> It's very cool. And then you go to your room and you realize you're sleeping in a bunk bed. And you realize you're sleeping in a bunk bed. It's not like a pod in the sense that you've like seen on in like sci-fi movies or just like in Japan because a lot of they have them a lot in Japan. It was a full room. It just happened to have bunk beds. And it was a small it was a small space, but it had beds. They were just bunk and had full-size bathroom. It wasn't an actual pod, which I think is a misnomer. They shouldn't call it a pod hotel if they're not actually pods. I think they they just wanted you to know that it was a it was a smaller experience. But the best part by far, I think, <laughs> was kind of imagining, also reading the reviews, also watching a woman get yelled at over the phone who worked there. People Poor showing thing. up to this hotel and not really realizing that they have bunk beds in their room because, you know. You don't necessarily of, get bunk beds. They have queens and bunk beds. Sure. But out of like 100 people that book a bunk bed, five 10 book it by accident and don't realize that a hotel room could even have a bunk bed and mm-hmm. then you have this like insane problem for the people who work there it's a very hooey hotel chain but you know what it was nice there were some friendly people who worked at the front desk they held the door open for us breakfast was delicious and it was great and we also it was a very it was actually a very a, a day of very um nostalgic throwback experiences because we performed um at the synagogue on the bima uh just like at my bat mitzvah so i felt like i was 13 and we also slept in bunk beds so still 13 oh yeah you're right you're right Mm -hmm. and it was great dc dc is beautiful and weird but it's beautiful (laughs) hi Lindsay. hi bobby this is hannah long time listener multiple time caller um, I just wanted to give you a shout out and say thank you for talking about my uh, favorite trashy movie, Mamma Mia, on last week's Who's There. Um, and I also have a little bit of um, goss about that movie. I don't know if it's quite goss, but it's definitely some information that you both need to know. Um, I have a friend who went to Florida State University and ran into Pierce Brosnan like doing some sort of thing at the university. And she was like, okay, quick. I have a question, why Mamma Mia? And Pierce responded in true Pierce fashion, well, sometimes you just have to take the free trip to Greece. So I think that's quite a legendary legendary response, and you both needed to know that. And I, too, am very excited for Mamma Mia, too. So thank you. Okay, good form, Bella Thorne. Bye. Legendary. That is a legendary response. My favorite thing about that call, apart from the anecdote, which is indeed great, um, 
is that she couldn't remember what the second Mamma Mia was called. You could you could see her gears sort of start spinning where she's like, wait, doesn't the second Mamma Mia have an insane title? What it's like is Mamma it? Mia, Here We Go Again. Here We Go Again. <laughs> is that what it's called? Yeah, Mamma yeah, Mia, it Here is. We Go Again. Which is funny because it's a threat. It's also a exasperated phrase. It's also, I think, an ABBA-related lyric. It's yes, everything it's an, that you could it's want. It's all of the things. It's perfect. It's like Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, but with like one less level. Oh, God, that's such a good, oh, my one God. One more that's, level. That's probably one of the best, uh, you know, colon, two colon names. What do you call those? Like the... Oh, subtitles? Yeah. Subtitled sequel, I guess they would call it. You know, that. like uh, Electric Boogaloo, like something to mm-hmm. Electric Boogaloo, mm-hmm. like the, that classic thing that everybody loves. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Oh, yeah. That one's not that good, though. Let's yeah. be real. Family Stone 2, she's still dead. <laughs> you, you wish. Bobby's dream. <laughs> Honestly, I've had enough of that family. I love that movie so much, but I don't need another story from that family. Well, good thing you're not getting one, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Hi. So I like have this very important question. Has Sean William Scott done anything important in the past like 10 years? We're all kind of worried about him. I don't know. I guess he's getting that Ice Age money. We were looking on his Wikipedia, and that seems to be the only thing he's done. And then Destination 5 and archive footage, which, like, he probably should be doing something more than that. And I'm, you know, somebody should maybe check in on him. So has he done anything important? I don't know. Thanks. Good form, Bella Thorne. I love that you talk about this like it's you're going to knock on his bedroom door and be like, Sean? Sean, honey, are you okay? Sean, honey, Sean, honey, Sean, Sean, you're okay. Could, like um, leave a plate of food on the floor. The other thing that I love about this is that uh, I feel really bad for Sean William Scott because when you Google his name, he has some really unfortunate SEO. And basically, what it is is that you know those like trend articles that show up in the chum of other articles, and by oh, yeah. chum I mean at the bottom when you yeah. read an article, then you Out see a bunch of stuff. really disgusting images. Sure, but a lot of them are really gross. Like some are good, some are like recirculating traffic, but a lot of them are like, "What disease like will you get when you are old?" And it's like a picture of like a drop of like oil that looks mm-hmm. kind of weird mm-hmm. or like a mm-hmm. hole in the ground. It's always it's like, like something... the, the five things you're eating that are giving you cancer. And then, then it's, it's like a, like photo a of an apple. honeycomb. Yeah. But it's always, it's always like a pattern that's very weird and almost gross. Oh, yeah. They what's kind of that? try and gross you out. What's that? What's that phobia? The phobia of fear like of holes, the fear of holes phobia. It's one of those photos always. So basically one of the celebrity chum focuses like if you if you look on celebrity sites a lot of their chum is uh is uh celebrity based and sometimes they'll say uh these people you didn't know are dead it's very like scandalous and weird and bad a lot of the lists are not even accurate they're not real right so one of the um chum like uh what do you call it like the tropes of the chum celebrity chum is why won't hollywood cast x anymore you see this a lot you see like random names random actors why won't names. hollywood cast tara reed anymore honestly a lot of people exactly. from the american pie franchise <laughs> right and so one of them that i see a lot is why won't hollywood cast sean william scott anymore mm-hmm. and when you click it you go to this really really um trashy seo bait site called looper.com i think and it's this weird kind of um you know, fill in the blank, weird list, kind of like who, like who is X list of reasons why Hollywood won't cast this person anymore, which is not even really a thing. Like, it's not like Hollywood won't cast you. That's not whatever. So Sean William Scott is, these. this is the list. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. 
He's been dealing with personal issues. He doesn't court publicity. He's been typecast. Bulletproof monk. Dukes of Hazard, Mr. W- and these are just movies that didn't do that well. There's just a list. He's often heard but not seen, which means he's like in a lot of cartoons. Ice Age, yeah. But it's not all bad. Okay, so basically it's just a reason. Also, one of them is just he got robbed on his way to a Baywatch audition in 1998. Not a, not a reason. No, that's not a reason. Um. Okay, so whatever. You click off that and you like go a little bit deeper in the SEO and you figure out or just like into the search results. And basically Sean William Scott gave this interview to Yahoo that kind of implies a little bit of what I think is the answer to this, which is he was interviewed for Yahoo literally this in September of this mm-hmm. year. Like Because the sequel to Good ago. came out. Yeah. Yeah. By Pe- Kevin, who I actually used to work with a long time ago. Shout out, Kevin. Um, And um, he explains it's literally Sean William Scott says he's not working as much because Hollywood's not making enough comedies. Basically, he's just saying there's not enough out there that I want to do. Right. I'm not there's no roles that I want. I'm a comedy Mm -hmm. guy and the comedies I want are not out there or I'm not getting cast in the comedies that I want to work in. I think Hollywood's making comedies. You're just not getting cast in the ones that you want. Right. Yeah. I mean, and he's not he was making like teen slapsticky. Which don't exist really anymore as much. Gross out comedies any right, and they don't they don't really do that anymore. Yeah, so right, and he's too so old he, for that. Sort right, of so thing. he was in a movie called Goon, which is about like hockey goons, right? Mm-hmm. And now he's in the second one. There is that a Goon. One. Goon is one Did of those movies. It? Goon is one of those movies that I've I don't believe he wrote it. Goon is one of those okay. movies that I have never seen, but I know so many people who love Goon really? and think Goon is great. Oh. And one of those people, I believe, is Dan Nosowitz, or maybe that one time, <laughs> maybe one time I was just talking to Dan about how people like Goon. I've heard that people like Goon. No, I mean, I, I feel like we it. almost watched Goon one time, me and Dan and Caroline, and then we ended up watching Jackass. You weren't there, but it was wow. We Sorry, couldn't pick a movie to turn on, and we turned on Jackass, and it was a delight. Well, they, actually, they so. love Jackass. They love Jackass. Those two. Um, but also, but it's one of those movies, and it got a sequel, and people were like, "All right, a Goon sequel." Like Reddit loves it. It's one of those movies. Like, right? I mean, it it seems like a fun. It seems like a fun movie about a very specific like uh niche, like mm-hmm. uh like um what's it called? Hockey hockey hooligans, right? Hockey, hockey hooligans. Um, and anyways, I, I also searched, when you search Sean William Scott and you actually look at the news, not these bad SEO articles you see, Sean William Scott has been cast in a Keanu Reeves executive produced Green Dolphin, which is a coming of age road movie um, that is coming oh. out next year. So he's like mm. doing stuff. I don't, yeah. I don't think you need to worry about Sean William Scott. Um, also, but I voiceover agree. work is like all anyone ever wants. I so. know, but his, his IMDb is a little bit worrying because they're kind of like what you know is he okay or whatever if you just look at those lists but i think he's like fine and also you look at him he looks the same he looks great yeah, he just he looks does. like he's he's he aged really but he looks great he really really does he really does which is also he's like hotter than ever he's kind of he of looks course great he is. Yes. yeah anyways let's go let's move on so he's fine he's not like dying in a room somewhere caller he's okay <laughs> hey Lindsay, bobby Second time caller, long time listeners, Brent and Laura here. We just got finished seeing you guys in DC. Freaking amazing love show. It. Love, love, loved it. Um, question for you. Who are them? Anthony Rep. Good point, Malasaurin. Love you guys. Love ya. Bye. This was such a, a, a funny phrased call. We didn't Thank get, you for we coming to our show in DC. By the way, calls about about this actually. Um, I think people understandably, kind of realize understandably. that it's a, like it's not a well, fun thing to call. Like, hey guys, 
at all. Hey guys. Yeah. Um, he's a who. He's a Broadway them, as in like whenever we've talked about who's who are Broadway thems but in the past before. He is. He originated the role of Mark in Rent, in Rent. which is cool and pretty important to Broadway people. Um, he also played the same role in the movie, which is a big deal too, because not everyone got to play their orig- the role they originated in the movie. Some were replaced because they were too old. Um, he was an understudy in Six Degrees of Separation, the play, um, which is very good. And then he was in the movie version of it, which is very good. But my favorite Anthony Rapp fact is that he's the shitty neighbor kid in Adventures of Babysitting. Right. And I didn't know that he was a child actor until this, what we're going to explain, this thing happened, which you've probably heard of already anyways if you listen to this podcast. Um, I didn't know he was a child star, but it mm-hmm. makes sense, honestly. Mm-hmm. And now he's in Star Trek. So he's definitely doing stuff. Um, yeah, the new Star Trek. And also so- Rent is like the the role of a lifetime. Rent he, Rent will be his legacy. I mean, also, I was I was a Rent person, meaning, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard, it's like hard to admit now, but like I was a Rent fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was someone who I knew of. Anyways, why? He's a, he's a real who. He's a Broadway them. So why are we hearing about him now? Why is We're this call? Because the caller didn't even specify. <laughs> specify. The caller didn't specify. Understandable. So Anthony Rapp is the, uh, the, the first domino in the way that, you know, Rose, Rose McGowan, McGowan was the first domino with Harvey Weinstein, um, who has named names and alleged that Kevin Spacey, made a sexual advance toward him when he was only 14 and Kevin Spacey was in his 20s. Yeah. So, and because of this, Kevin Spacey has basically had his career completely ruined with good reason. But what's interesting is there's two open secrets, right? One, Kevin Spacey is gay, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone, now we can say it, he's out. I mean, not that we'd be outing him. Again, complicated. Um, Maybe everyone knew who was in like any whoever paid attention to Hollywood stuff maybe knew. I didn't realize that a lot of people didn't know, but you'd come across people who you'd say something like offhand and they'd be like, he is? It's mm-hmm. so crazy. Yeah. Um, but the other open secret, I guess, which is, I guess, less of a, uh, more of a secret, was that he was, he'd acted inappropriately with people on sets of movies all the mm-hmm. time, especially younger men, right? Yeah, all and the time. I think, and I think I, I truly... The, the secret as I knew it, as it was rumored in, you know, like the blind items and I know they didn't and delisted that whole like early celebrity blog area was that he was just he acted inappropriately. I don't think I ever saw like any actual allegations of harassment, harassment or, or, or maybe I mean, assault well, or whatever. Or if I, mean, I did, yeah. if I did, I don't remember them. I just remember, oh, an open secret that you see in the comments is that Kevin Spacey behaves very badly with young men, maybe underage boys. Yeah. That that would pop up every once in a while, but usually it was just like, oh, he's starring with Ansel Elgort in a movie and people would make a joke about it. Like, watch out, Ansel. It wasn't necessarily, oh, he's starring with a 14-year-old, watch out, 14-year-old. But it was like when Kevin Spacey was in movies with younger, kind of up-and-coming, hot, 20, early 20-something, like, dudes... Right. Jokes would happen just in the same right. way if Harvey Weinstein was promoting a new movie with some young blonde woman, jokes would happen. It's also like it's inappropriate on the, on a set in terms of like work stuff to hit on a younger person, mm-hmm. but it's not illegal, right? So the idea that it's like Kevin Spacey's a creep is one thing. Mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey is hit it or yep. is very different than I was 14 and Kevin Spacey put his body on me. So it's like that's 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 bad. a more succinct way of putting right. it. The the rumor right. was that Kevin Spacey was a creep with young men and boys a creep right 
Right. And now it's like which turned is into also something even more unacceptable, horrific. but yeah, completely unacceptable. Which is why it's which so why interesting. Was, yeah. Which is why everyone was so mad about the way he came out. Because he came out at the on the tail end of this statement where he was like, I don't remember doing this, but also guys, I'm a gay man, as though that was some sort of excuse. I was most offended by the fact that he l- not laughed it off, but that note made it seem like, what a crazy night that was. I don't remember putting myself on a 14-year-old boy's body and like pressuring him, but uh, crazy, like, I don't remember, crazy, but also I'm gay. (laughs) Here's here's me coming out to the world. And I, and I mean, we don't have to dwell on this because this is not the podcast, but like the story, the way that Anthony Rapp tells the story is, is heartbreaking and chilling. That, that part where he like sees him for the first time after, you know, over a dozen years or 10 years. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't remember. And he sees him and he's like, I haven't been in the same room with this person since this incident. And, he wonders if Kevin Spacey recognizes him and he doesn't think he does. It's just like it wasn't a thing to him. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 terrible to read it. Anyway, the suspicion I have, and I'm sure a lot of other people have, is that um, this is not the end of the Kevin Spacey story. Not at all. And I don't and this is just and what's interesting is like the Harvey Weinstein thing is related a hundred percent, even though they're different things. Mm-hmm. Um and it's related because of just the idea of people coming forward and saying yes. stuff and not being afraid, not related in, you know, like they're different situations. They're giving people the courage to tell stories they've never told before. Right. In a way that makes them confident that they won't be seen as either crazy people or liars. Mm-hmm. Also, there's something to be said about, and I think this has been said about Harvey Weinstein, where it's the people who are getting accused of stuff are older. Their careers are less uh you know, relevant. They're less powerful. Mm-hmm. These people who are were younger at the time were are less scared of them. And mm-hmm. that's definitely a thing that plays into us. You know, like Kevin Spacey still had a pretty big career, but um Anthony Rapp's an adult and he's not scared yeah. of him. You know, so and that's that's interesting. And that's and also Anthony Rapp is a little is like a middle aged person now. You yeah. Know? But yeah. the um but it was sort of the, something that Corey Feldon brought up on of all places Mech and Kelly today this week <laughs> where he was saying you know, the statute of limitations for accusing someone of molestation um, or I think sexual assault generally in California is 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, okay, so this happened. He's like, this happened to me when I was, you know, 13, 14. And so the statute of limitations, you know, runs out when I'm 23, 24. And then at that point, like, you're not in a position to do this. You're at the beginning of this new stage in your career. And so right. it's like, yeah, of course I didn't say anything. Like, I didn't do anything as a kid because I didn't know what to do. I was a fucking kid. And then when I was in my early 20s, this next part of my life is starting. Like, what? why would I do anything then? So this he's is, saying it's not long enough. He's saying it's not long enough. And right. it's it's different state by state. But it was it, it was interesting. And that's something that I think isn't necessarily talked about a lot. Is It's like, why didn't you say anything? Um because literally he wasn't you were ready an adult. You until were an adult, he was but it's like, 30 years old. Right. Yeah. Anyway. 40, whatever. However old he is. How old is Corey Feldman? Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman 40. now? I think he's like 45. Yeah. Anyways, this is like, again, all that Hollywood has been talking about for the past like three weeks. So it is not not weird that we would talk about. Like, no. it's not. It, of course, it's like in the air. Our podcast kind of like drives under the under the real news of hollywood like mm-hmm. through the garbage um but it definitely trickles down into mm. where we are <laughs> and also this is just something Lindsay and i've been talking about uh, anyway so it's like yeah, why not obviously. we may as well talk about something that we're actually thinking about and talking about yeah moving on something that we have absolutely never talked about before 
Um, um, here we Jude go. Law's son. Okay. First time, long time here. I'm inquiring about Raff Law. His full name is Rafferty Law. He is the son of Jude Law and the ultimate horny British who, Sadie Frost. He released his first single entitled Support Network, which pens the lyrics, such as, I expect charity every now and then for my rent, and I expect fuckery because I'm lucky. And in my Carrie Bradshaw analytical mind, I really couldn't help but wonder, are millenniums the problem? Could form a Lala throne. Rafferty Law, as the caller mentioned, is Jude Law's son, which mm-hmm. is literally the only thing you can think about when you look at him because it's like a spitting image. He looks just like his dad. Mm-hmm. He looks um, like Jude Law. Which is already kind of got me sold on whatever he's selling because it's just he's very attractive. <laughs> he's 21. Um, his mom is Sadie Frost, right? His mm-hmm. Jude Law's old girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like many kids of celebrities are, he was a model. He is a model. He started off modeling. Mm-hmm. Um, He was in the news for, like, making his runway debut in, like, 2014 and, you know, walking alongside other kids of celebrities. Like Kaya Um, Gerber. Like Kaya Gerber, who now you, like, hear about nonstop, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But most recently, he put out a song um, called (laughs) – It's not bad. It's called Support Network. It's very – it's, like, it's sort of – there's, like, some oasis happening in it. Well, he is British. He's British. But the lyrics are strange. The lyrics are strange. It's not. It's not bad. I'm. I'm. I'm bad at at talking about music, specifically music that I can't really put in a genre that exists. It's like I would you call it? It's not. It's not EDM. You know, he's not doing what Ansel no. does. No, he's but not it's... doing what he's doing. Maybe what Zane. It's closest to Zane. You can maybe see it on a Zane album, perhaps. It's very of the anyone. time, though. It's, yeah, it's, it's very like of the time. recent. It sounds new. Um, it's just really funny that he's now. A singer. He's a singer. It's not like he has like this astounding voice or anything. It's just like, oh, he just sounds like a British dude singing with expensive production behind him and producers who are trying to do new things. I don't know. It's It's just funny because I'd never heard of him my whole life. Me talking about music. Kill me. (laughs) I know. He's trying Um, new things. (laughs) It's just funny because everything about this, usually I'm like, when I see a kid of a child, a kid of a famous person, I'm like, oh God, like, oh, Chet Hanks, get out of here. But... Mm -hmm. At first glance, it's like he's good looking. His music isn't awful. I mean, call us if you think it's awful, but whatever. It's not that bad. Don't call um, us if you think it's awful. I know. Um, and his name is Raph Law, which is like very catchy, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and it just seems like it's not the worst. Like, this is not the worst of what I've seen in terms of the celebrity offspring production line. You know, what's yes. coming down the line in terms of celebrity offspring. Raph Law, colon, could be worse. <laughs> That's funny. Nice. Nice. Hi, guys. It is Spencer from L.A., now Ohio. I made it to Columbus. I'm sure you were really worried about me, but I did it. Um, I'm also sure you know that tonight is the first original Hallmark movie for the countdown to Christmas called Marry Me at Christmas. And I saw that Trevor Donovan is starring in it, and I was like, Trevor Donovan, Trevor Donovan, where do I know this name? So I Google him, and it comes up that he was, I guess, romantically linked to Paris Jackson 
sometime this summer, and it was weird because she's 18, he's 38, and they had these paparazzi photos of them kind of, like, holding hands. So when people were pressing them, I guess he came out and was like, oh, no, we're just friends, you know, even though obviously there was something happening. So I guess my question is, really, who is Trevor Donovan, and do we need to care about him, or is this just, like, his moment on the Hallmark Channel and we never have to talk about him again? Okay, thanks. So what I want to know about, though, like let, before we get to Trevor Donovan, mm-hmm. is tell me more about "Marry Me at Christmas." Oh, I'm ready, Lindsay. Here's the uh, here's the the synopsis. I was so I was looking I was forward like, to reading it. I was, I was like, so I just, looking forward to reading so it. So this is the first movie of Hallmark's iconic One Hundred Days of Christmas. <laughs> Literally, did you even know there was a hundred days of Christmas? Christmas yeah, hundred days. Of Christmas. They're going to show three brand new Christmas movies every day for a hundred days. Is that true? Three quarters of them star Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> All One the quarter of them star, um, God, who else? <laughs> Thora not... Birch. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. This is the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Organizing a Christmas wedding is a true treat for bridal boutique owner, wait for the name, Madeline Krug. Oof. She loves the challenge of finding the perfect dress for the bride and orchestrating an exquisite event. What Madeline didn't expect was to be swept off her feet by the bride's gorgeous brother, wait for it, movie star Johnny Blaze. Nope. (laughs) Johnny came to the quirky town of, hold on, fool's gold, to support his (laughs) sister. He came there to support his sister, not to fall in love. All these people are, like, trying so hard not to fall in love. If you're in a Hallmark movie, you're either tr- desperate to fall in love or, like, I refuse to fall in love. There's no in-between. You better put, like, the trailer I uh, right of here course. or something. Okay. Um, yet Madeline is the most extraordinary woman he's ever met. Planning the perfect wedding leads to the candlelit dinners and strolls through snow-covered tre- streets. Madeline finds the real Johnny even more captivating than her celebrity crush. Will the action star be brave enough to take on the role of a lifetime? I think they mean husband. Um, starring Rachel Scarston. Rachel Scarston, yeah. a mouthful, plays Madeline Krug, another mouthful, and then Trevor Donovan plays Johnny Blaze. That's it. That's it? That's so it. Rachel, marry Rachel's... me at Christmas. So I guess we Ra- get married at Christmas. That's it. Married. Also rude to overshadow her sister, but. Oh, you whatever. mean in the movie? In the movie, Rachel Scarston was in Fifty Shades of Grey. She played someone named Andrea, who I don't remember. She was also um, she played Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth the First on the show Rain. Remember that show? People oh, Rain. Seem to have liked R-E-I-G-N. it. E I G N. Yes, not like the rain mm-hmm. that falls out of the sky. Um, that's really the only thing that I find relevant in her um, mm-hmm. bio. Um, but back to Trevor Donovan, Trevor Donovan who plays yeah. her leading man. He's from 90210, the new series, the, the like latest 90210, mm-hmm. right? Or the or the old? No, no the, he's the new one. The new one. He's he new played one. somebody named Teddy Montgomery. I don't know. I didn't watch the show. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he was in the he whole series. Yeah. He definitely looks the part of like um, random hunk fill-in-the-blank hunk he's been in such movies as a snow globe christmas um and he was on the tv series the client list which is really all you need to know about him i basically gave you two things that that say exactly what you know mm-hmm. we need, we're getting at here um but usually what's surprising to me is usually one of the two people in the hallmark movie is somewhat recognizable and these two are just total blanks for me you know, I think their I think their anchor here is Trevor Donovan, just because he has a slightly more robust thing. But also, they're making three hundred movies; like they can't get a list stars for all of them. It's true. Three. They're I don't not know. Actually Are you sure that's no, what it's the like? Deal- okay. It's like thirty days of Christmas. I was just kidding. It's not three hundred <laughs> movies. I would believe it. They're like a machine. Um, it and is yeah. absolutely not. Oh, a really funny thing though: the three, mm-hmm. um, 
the three options when you go to hallmarkchannel.com, like the top menu bar items are Mm -hmm. schedule, movies, and Christmas. (laughs) That's it. Just that. That's it. That's it. Um, He also starred in the Hallmark original movie Love on a Limb. I don't know what that one's about. Can, but I mean, all of them good. can be guessed. All of them it's can be guessed. It's kind of great that they have this kind of. Um, it's like a theater group where there's all these actors that are in the theater group and they just rotate roles based on various performances. Mm-hmm. Hallmark is really the Shakespeare theater group of our time. If you think I mean, about we've it. talked about we've talked about this before. We sure have. It's like, it seems like it seems like the best gig in the world. It is to just like I, write yes one movie after another that airs on hallmark that is just like fast um satisfying mm-hmm. and that tons of people watch that tons of people watch can i name you some of the movies that are coming Please. out in these this uh countdown to christmas mm-hmm. we have a christmas festival of ice miss christmas the sweetest christmas enchanted christmas coming home christmas and marry me at Christmas. <laughs> marry me at Christmas. You know, there, there are only 22. I looked it up. There are only 22. That's a lot of content. Mm-hmm. Netflix you know? wishes. Netflix wishes. Um, I'm personally very excited for The Sweetest Kiss Christmas, which stars Lacey Chabert mm-hmm. and Jonathan Adams. The it Sweetest Christmas. So does she work at like a pastry shop or something? I don't know. But never forget when Mariah Carey directed and starred in <laughs> one of these. Well, I want to see what the sweetest Christmas is about. Like, how could that not be about her? It's about working cookies. At, like... or is it cakes? about cookies? I don't know. I just didn't. Cr- I didn't click. I'm telling you, I didn't click. This is really gonna have to be edited down. But I gotta know what this is about. Okay. When struggling pastry chef Kylie Watson Chabert yep. <laughs> learns she's made it to the finals of the Hold On American Gingerbread Competition, <laughs> she thinks her competitive spirit has finally paid off and hopes publicity will help her jumpstart her new cafe. There's just one problem: the oven she's supposed to use breaks down right before the contest. Oh god, the oh, oven no. broke. Oh So she god. needs her old boyfriend's help, Bobby. To make her dream of pastry, becoming a pastry chef, um, so that she, oh my god, he gave up his dream of becoming okay. a pastry chef to take oh. over his family's pizzeria. Wait, I just came across something truly iconic. You're gonna die. So remember when I said Enchanted Christmas? Guess who stars in Enchanted Christmas? None other than Alexa Pina Vega and her husband Carlos Pina Vega. Oh, they're both in it. That's <laughs> cute. Spencer just laughed from the other room. Oh god. Hi, Spencer. Do you remember when the family took... that stars in the family that stars in Hallmark Christmas movies together stays together? I'm telling but do you, you remember them? We talked about them when they got married. They they made their name into one name, and then he took the name. So they're Alexa and Carlos Pina. Oh, I, love I think that's that so great. Much. I think that's great. Oh, Meanwhile, Winnie from The Wonder Years is starring in a movie called Coming Home for Christmas. You know what? We were. I can't wait to watch all these movies. I'm so excited. So so that's it. I guess we're, we'll see you in Boston next week, the week after next, uh, November something. Lindsay, when is it? When are we going to your hometown? When are we going to sleep oh in your mom's couch? <laughs> I'm going to sleep in your mom's couch. We, no, guest bedroom. My parents have bedrooms. You're going to get a bed. Oh, you're sleeping on the um, bunk bed downstairs. I'm going to put you in there alone <laughs> just God. to punish you. I'm just kidding. We don't have a bunk bed in my house. Um, We'll be there November 11th, which is the Veterans Amazing. Day weekend, I think on that Saturday. Um, but check it out, weekly.us slash live, and come if you're in Boston, especially because you don't you want to see a show where I have to pander to not only my parents, but my parents' friends. I love it. What a nightmare. I honestly. can't wait. If you thought I made Jewish jokes at the last show, just wait until the Boston show. 
I'm gonna have to brush up on my Hebrew. I'm gonna read like 101 like Hebrew jokes. You gotta know. <laughs> you got it. You, you gotta, gotta know. For um, like yeah. impressing like 500 jokes to impress your Jewish friends' parents. I'm oh, sure that book I exists. Like I a Kindle single. Oh, are you kidding? That's like half the books written about Yiddish are about like impressing people's parents. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, I think we are done mm-hmm. with this. Don't you okay. think? Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Um, Have a great weekend. um, And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. You will say that. That was a HeadGum Podcast.